Welcome to the show. This is the Below the Yellow Line podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Below the Yellow Line podcast, the podcast where me and my co-host Emily talk the NASCAR Cup Series four hours a week, three days a week, and hope somebody will listen. I am one of your co-hosts, Samuel Stubbs. I am the other co-host, Emily. Glad to have you here, Emily. A lot happened today. A lot happened yesterday both on and off the racetrack. Chase Elliott suspended for the gateway race today. Ryan Blaney wins the 59th, uh, or, yeah, wait, no, uh, that's wrong, 64th Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. His first win in 59 races. First win since Daytona in 2021. And, of course, the news broke today about Chase Elliott getting suspended. He will not race at gateway. Corey LaJoy will actually take his spot, and Carson Hosevar will fill in for Corey LaJoy and make his Cup Series debut in the 7th. But before we get into all of that, Emily, life update, humor, joke, rhetorical question, what do you got for us tonight? I got myself a new toy. I'm really excited. Um, it is, and I say toy because it's like for fun Um I got you know, one of those, mine's not on brand, it's off brand, but I got one of those griddles. Ooh. You know what I'm talking about? So I can yeah. be a hibachi chef at home. Oh, goodness. So oh dear. prepare yourself. When you come, I will be a hibachi chef. Oh, dear. Okay. You come visit. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, boy. I'm going to learn that, how to do all the tricks. That may have to be a, uh, a little a YouTube short or something because I'm sure that will be uh, very entertaining. Speaking I'm of cooking. Oh, no. Oh, the world is yeah. doomed. Uh, speaking of cooking, uh, well, y'all don't know, uh, but Emily is like the like the designated cook for our family when like all 15 or 20 of us or however many there are uh, are all together. Um, but Emily, I just want to say 40, 50 years, I may be coming for that crown because like twice this week I have cooked successful, <laughs> good tasting meals without giving any of my family food poisoning or making that them sick in right. any way. I didn't burn anything. I didn't make a huge mess. So did I did. I made fettuccine Alfredo tonight. It's one of my favorites. Now, granted, I know we have a few listeners out there in Italy. Um, and if any Nonas are listening <laughs> to this, I'm going to make you cry. <laughs> yes, it is the extremely Americanized version. There is nothing. So tell, me, tell me how you made it. What do you do? So, yeah, I, so I boiled the pasta that I bought for like $2 at the local grocery store. Okay, and then for the sauce, I did. Um, yeah, we did. We did cheap pasta. Um, well, cheap pasta is 98 cents. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah, though, I guess we did it at the, the bougie pasta longer. by comparison. Um, but yeah, so I made sauce with garlic um, and half and half, um, as well as like a whole stick of butter because America. Um, and that was basically it. As far as I know, we also put some chicken in there and then, uh, you know, we had to be a little bit healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Parmesan too. That's what it was. That's what I was missing. Um, but we also, uh, we made some broccoli to go with it too, to make it healthy. Of course we had maybe a a tablespoon of butter in with the broccoli too, to add some more flavor to it because again, America. So, um, it was, it was good though. I did pretty good. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Um, this dishes in general um it's really hard to mess up the americanized version of it the authentic so did italian you cook the chicken, like, uh yeah we did that in the crock pot uh we, we just did that in the crock pot because it's easier you know it was it was seasoned very well with salt and pepper um but you know 
Uh, it's not. I actually learned this the other day from somebody that that lives in Italy uh, that moved there from America, and you know, fettuccine alfredo is like a big deal here. You know, it's considered somewhat not fancy. A thing over there. No, it's not a thing it's unless you're down. sick. Um, yeah, like. Yeah, it is. Like, pasta with butter and garlic over there is considered, it's kind of like their, like, Campbell's soup. Um, it's like the standard, you know, you're sick, you need to eat something somewhat comforting, somewhat warm, something that's not going to play with your stomach or, you know, immune system a lot. Yeah. So that's what they have. But, you know, it was successful. I, I also made uh, deconstructed stuffed peppers the other night, which is, it's good for you, but it's also really fun to make. You just throw a bunch of stuff in a pan, you know, do like they do on MasterChef and, and flip the pan around and, you know, see the flame shoot 10 foot high and that the flames well, actually think, didn't exist because I, I was using a gas stove. But while you're here, you and I will be hibachi chefs together. Maybe oh we yeah. Can get a chef hat. Oh oh yeah, definitely. Well, uh, I do you have a uh, do you have home insurance? I do I do? So, okay, that's um, good. That's good. That that's step one. House, so I don't have to worry about it. Oh okay, that's good too. So did they have house insurance? <laughs> that's the bigger. Okay, that's good. That's good. That, uh, very good. All good. okay. So we are good if we burn it down. Like a good yeah. neighbor, State Farm will be there. That is very comforting. That is very it's comforting like to know. <laughs> yeah. Then they weren't. Then they weren't there. That was from a faulty uh, dishwasher. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh. Yeah, fun yeah. time. But you were there when that happened too, right? Do what? Were there when the house flooded? I was. I was indeed. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've yeah. been at your house through like well, many traumatic events. I've been there through tornadoes, earthquakes, house floodings. I'm just like a, a bad omen. Here, yeah. It's like strange. a 1.5 magnitude earthquake. So, you know, just really yeah, just shaking it. the whole, you know, San Franciscans, you know, y'all ain't got nothing on us down south. Um, Speaking of earthquakes, uh, I'm how how could I possibly segue this? Denny Hamlin's world was shaken like an earthquake last night when Chase Elliott right hooked him into the outside wall on lap what 185, I think it was. Um, Hamlin had put him in the wall a couple of times. Uh, Chase wasn't very happy and pretty obviously in retaliation turned left in the first part of the dogleg and hit or uh, made Denny Hamlin, sorry. Uh, hit the outside wall really hard. Glad Denny was okay. Uh, Chase Elliott took himself out of the race as well. Um, very similar incident to Bubba Wallace and Kyle Larson at Las Vegas last fall. Just a driver. You know, with Bubba, it's not say like Bubba does that stuff all the time. But with Bubba, we know he has a temper. We know he wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, with Chase Elliott, though, such a calm, laid-back guy. Like, he gets mad, sure. Um... But it's not like you see him do stuff like that on a regular basis. And we're talking about this before we talk about the race because it is, you know, big news. The most popular oh, driver is going to be out uh, at Gateway. But um, when Emily, he needs everything. Yeah, when he needs every single point, and he hasn't shown that winning speed yet, which is a little bit worrying. Um, but, Emily, what are your thoughts on this whole deal? Um, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to actually watch the crash yet. Um but what, what do you think about just the whole – I want to go ahead and knock out your thoughts on the whole thing. The crash itself, the suspension, was the suspension warranted, um, all that. So go ahead. You have the floor for the next few minutes. Yeah. So I didn't get to watch it. I meant to earlier, and I totally forgot. It blew my mind. Um, here's the deal. While I personally didn't want it to happen just because I think Chase is a great guy, you've got to follow the precedent that's been mm -hmm. set. So I think NASCAR made a good move there, um, and that's that's what should have been done. Just 
that was that's what has been done in the past and that's a serious move to um seemingly at least intentionally hurt some could have hurt somebody you yeah, know absolutely to crash and cause damage yeah not okay so while i was hesitant to want it just because it, of, of who it was which shouldn't be the case you know that mm-hmm. that's biased of yeah me. um but I, I, I do think they made the right call there. Yeah, I do too. And it's, you know, I said that I was going to post a video about it earlier today and then my camera went on the fritz, so I wasn't able to do that. Um, but the thing to me is that I've seen a bunch of people defending Chase Elliott. Now, granted, we're not going to get into this whole conversation. There's a whole other conversation that we could go into if we delved further into this. I think a lot more people were defending Chase Elliott than defended Bubba Wallace. Whatever reasons are for that, you can decide on your own. There's probably multiple. Um, but just like, and I'm a Bubba Wallace fan. Let me get that clear, you know, straight. I've been a Bubba fan since he started in the truck series. I just think he's a good guy, charismatic guy, good for the sport. Um, but, I mean, I was very, I was angry last year. I remember that post-race show for Las Vegas. I was angry. I mean, I, it was just, it was stupid. It was uncalled for. And it's the same thing here. And I said this in the video that ultimately wouldn't be posted, but this isn't a biased issue. This isn't a partisan issue. This isn't an issue of, was it intentional or not? Now, look, you could say Brad Kozlowski hit him. He did hit him. It was after he was turning left. You could say the car was broken not really how physics work and know that it was not enough to break the car um denny hamlin posted the smt data nascar came to their conclusion it was the same one they came to at bubba wallace which was yes absolutely it is um it is a intentional wreck designed to cause you know to to wreck a race car and obviously i don't think chase Elliott had any intent to harm denny hamlin physically um but regardless, I mean, he could have. Thankfully, safety in NASCAR has come a very long way. Um, I saw a post today of a crash in an ARCA race, I believe, from, I want to say, 1999, where there was a right hook move, an unintentional right hook move going into the trioval, just a racing incident. But unfortunately, the driver that hit the wall passed away that night because of the force of that wreck. Now, obviously, it's been 24 years since then. Safety has come a long way. But that opportunity for severe injury or worse is still prevalent. You know, obviously, it's prevalent every time you strap into a race car going any speed. Um, but especially going 180 miles an hour uh, down a front stretch, um, it's there. So they followed the precedent. Um, they made the right call. But again, like, if you think that wasn't intentional, if you think... He shouldn't have been suspended. It's not a biased opinion partisan issue. And maybe I'm being slightly harsh on this, but you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, I want to say that in a not harsh way. I want to, you know, I'm not, you know, like angry at people who are defending it. Of course, people are going to defend it. You know, that, you know, that's how sports work. But you're simply wrong if you think Chase Elliott shouldn't have been suspended. You're wrong if you think it wasn't intentional. The data proves it was. And I'm, you know, I'm going to believe that nascar did their investigation what they found was conclusive okay he's suspended um i just don't see how anybody can defend it and again this isn't a thing that i think just like above this isn't a thing that i think should be held over chase elliott's head as blackmail forever 
Bubba Wallace. Move it, move yeah, Bubba, Bubba is a good guy. Chase is a good guy. They made a mistake. They had an out-of-character moment. They lashed out. They did something incredibly stupid, dangerous, and reckless. But Kyle Larson, to my knowledge, forgave Bubba Wallace. I don't feel like they have any ill feelings. Now, Denny Hamlin is a guy that tends to hold grudges. Um, he definitely, definitely holds grudges. So yeah, will he, he try to pay back... Yeah, or, or Sonoma. Um, but yeah, will Denny Hamlin try to enact revenge on Chase Elliott? I think so. Is it going to be in as egregious of a manner as Chase Elliott? No, because Denny Hamlin's smarter than that. Um, but it is, you know, and I've also seen some people saying that, like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. Denny got what he deserves because he races people dirty. Again, that's in incredibly stupid, and that's also just a dangerous thing to say. I mean, in NASCAR, literally, but also in the world, if you think somebody deserves something because they're, you know, that that's not how morals or ethics or the world actually works. Um, but no, Denny Hamlin did not deserve to be right rear hooked in the trioval going 180 miles an hour. Does Denny Hamlin sometimes race guys dirty? No, duh, yeah. Sherlock. I mean, yes, he did it to mm -hmm. Kyle Larson a few weeks ago. But, you know, does Ch is Chase Elliott a saint? Is Chase Elliott just like, the most holy thing to ever grace the asphalt of a NASCAR racetrack? No. Watkins Glen last year, he punted Tyler Reddick out of the way late in that race. And yes, that was after Kyle Larson moved him for the win, but still. Martinsville 2017, everybody loves to bring up Denny Hamlin dumping Chase Elliott. You know what happened right before Denny Hamlin dumped Chase Elliott? Chase Elliott dumped Brad Keselowski. So... No, pretending Chase Elliott is not a saint, that's not right. Pretending Denny Hamlin deserved it because he doesn't race everybody clean, that's wrong. And pretending that Chase Elliott shouldn't be suspended, you're wrong. I mean, again, I'm not trying to sound harsh, you know, but this isn't an opinionated, partisan, biased issue. You're just, you're wrong. It was a dangerous, reckless act. It could have cost Denny Hamlin to miss several races or worse, um... And NASCAR needs to continue to crack down on, on everybody. Doesn't matter who it is, who they drive for, you know, what manufacturer. Exactly, yeah. Rules are rules. Um, so, I, you know, in a world where I feel like a lot of people get away with a lot of stuff just outside of, outside of sports, it is good to see a sanctioning body, like, legitimately crack down um, and, and take something very seriously here. But now we can actually talk about the racing on track. Emily, what were your thoughts on the Coke 600? Ryan Blaney gets the win. Not quite as chaotic as last year, uh, but Ryan Blaney does get the win. Oh, what happened? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Yep, you're good. I don't know what happened there. Uh, what were your, what are your thoughts uh, on the Coca-Cola 600? Sorry about that, guys. Ryan Blaney gets the win, ending a 59 race winless streak. I mean, good for him. <laughs> what did you think about all the chaos? What did you think about all the chaos last night? I know you're someone that, that likes chaos probably more than the average fan does, but a lot of wrecks, a lot of stuff happened at the end of last night's race. Um, Byron just couldn't close in on Blaine. He just obviously didn't have it for him. Uh, but what did you think of the whole, uh, all the cautions late? I love a good, exciting race. So, you know, of course that makes me happy. It shouldn't, but it does. Um, you know, I, I love it. I just, I do. 
figured you might say that. Uh, looking through the results now for this race, Ryan Blaney gets the win. This is the best a Ford has looked all year, the best a Team Penske car has looked all year. The only win Ford had coming into Monday's Coke 600 was Joey Logano at Atlanta. Um, and Logano is 14th in the regular season standings right now. Austin Sindrick hasn't sniffed any success this year. Blaney's been consistent, but he hasn't had that race-winning speed. He did last night, though. Uh, and and led 163 laps. I mean, dusted the field as much as you can dust the field in a race like that. William Byron finished second. His pit crew must have gained him like 25 spots on pit road in total. That number one pit stall, a huge advantage. Uh, solid night for him. Led 91 laps. Uh, Truex in third. Bubba Wallace in fourth. You want to talk about having a whale of a day. And this is not just because he finished good. Bubba started in seventh. He fell all the way back to, I believe, 24th because his car was that terrible on that first run of the race. And then his pit crew, uh, you know, well, fir first he got boxed in behind Bowman. Second, they had to come make a second stop on one stop uh, for a loose lug nut. Then they had an equipment interference penalty. That's three times on pit road Bubba Wallace was sat behind the eight ball. And a big difference, I think, between 2021 to 22 Bubba and 23 Bubba is his just relentlessness. I mean, he's not giving up when stuff doesn't go his way this year. He's fighting. He's putting himself in a position uh, to, to finish well. And he was 15th on the final restart coming to the green. He ends up fourth. He had a rocket ship under him and a beautiful looking Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream car. Um, so if there's one die cast I'm looking to get my hands on next year, uh, it will likely be that one because that was a beautiful looking paint scheme. Speaking of beautiful-looking paint schemes, Tyler Reddick in a Tar Heel Blue Toyota brings it home in fifth. We didn't talk about this on the post-race show, Emily, but he had a great save at one point. Uh, slid off turn four, just drove through the infield turf and got back on the track with no issues. Kyle Busch in sixth, went for a slight spin, but ends up in sixth. Ricky Stenhouse in seventh, continues his great year. How about Christopher Busher? Led 12 laps, one stage two, just... He's looking really good, I mean, this season, having a great year. Austin Dillon, ninth. Zane Smith in 10th in his, like, fourth cup start. What a race for him. Kevin Harvick in 11th. SHR looked terrible to start this race. They end up rebounding. They rebounded great for their standards this year, but their best finishing car was 11th. How about Alex Bowman, Emily? P12. I know it's not a win, but P12 in your first race back after missing some time. It's right where his teammate Chase Elliott finished, so hopefully Bowman follows Elliott's trend, although obviously we don't want him to right-hook somebody and get suspended. But what did you think about Bowman's comeback last night? I mean, I think it's great for him to come out, come back in, from being out, and to finish in top 12. I think he's fantastic, and I expect we'll keep seeing some great racing from him. I hope so, and he's also vaulted himself back into the playoffs with that run last night. Yes. Ryan Priest this super. year has been probably the biggest disappointment out of anybody. He sits, I believe, 27th in points, 13th, I think, is his best finish this year. Um, he does not have a top 10 in 14 races in a Stuart Haas racing car. A.J. Allmendinger, 14th. Justin Haley, 15th. J.J. Yaley, 16th. Corey LaJoy, 17th. I guess we can go ahead and talk about him. So there's been a lot, there was a lot of talk when Chase first got injured that Corey LaJoy, who drives the 7 full-time and has for a few years now, may get a shot in one of those races. Well, that didn't come true, but now it is. Corey LaJoy is going to drive the number 9 car at, or not Circuit of the Americas, uh, Gateway. 
Josh Berry in the Xfinity Series will be in Portland on the other side. Well, not the other side, but, you know, a lot of miles away. Um, and so LaJoy is going to get a shot in top-tier equipment. Eight top 20s this year in a car as bad as that Spire number 7 is really impressive. He was the underdog of the season, Emily, until Todd Gillen kind of stole that crown away from him. Uh, having a great year for his standards, 20th in points, only 42 out of the playoffs. How big of an opportunity do you think this is for Corey LaJoy? And if he can't get a good finish or even win on Sunday, which I think is unlikely, but who knows, that would get himself into the playoffs. So what do you think about this opportunity for him, and what do you expect from him? I mean, honestly, I wouldn't expect much different than most weeks from him. Um, maybe I should. Yeah, I mean, it's in better equipment. Um, yeah. We'll see how much that matters. I mean, I, I think he's a okay driver. I don't think he's as good as a lot of people kind of yeah. pump him up to be, I mean, but I but I don't we'll see. I expect to see, like, something fantastic, but I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I think a top 15 would, would be okay. I think a top 10 run would be great. I mean, top 10, maybe even a top 5 would kind of solidify a lot of the positivity surrounding him. Um but, like, if he runs on speed worse than, like, 20th or 25th, that'll be disappointing. I, he said earlier on his podcast today that it's kind of like drinking water of a fire hose. It's coming so quick. Um, but I, I, I just, you know, it's a big opportunity for him. We'll see if he can come through. Harrison Burton, 18th. Brad Keselowski, 19th. 20th place for Chase Briscoe. And I feel like I say this every week. That should feel like a win. Because holy cow, they are terrible in the first stage of these races. They go a lot down. They get passed by Rick Ware cars and BJ McLeod. And then they somehow fight and claw back to finish 20th. He was 11th on that final restart. I, don't ask me how. I don't know. But they they just they got to get faster. They can't run 35th every week in the first stage and expect to be in the playoffs. Which they're only four points out right now somehow. Joey Logano, 21st. Chastain, 22nd. Suarez, 23rd. Disappointing night for Trackhouse. Uh, Christopher Bell, 24th. He actually led 48 laps. Looked pretty good uh, until he spun out, I believe, in Stage 2. Kind of ruined his day. Eric Almarola had some beef with Bubba Wallace. So, the story on this beef is... Question is, is it a short rib, wagyu? What are we working with here? Um, but the question on this beef is... Or the I guess the... Uh, uh, what... What do, what do you say, Emily, when you're, the number, like, the three-digit number, when, like, you're giving somebody, like, hey, this is the, on this, or what is it? I can't remember. Is it the... The 411? Yeah, the 411. Yeah, the 411 on this beef is uh, Almarola Bubba racing hard, obviously, um, but it sounds like Almarola gave Bubba room. Bubba just crowded him a little bit, and then, uh, you know, Almarola just kind of door slammed Bubba going down the back stretch. That was odd. And then on pit road... Uh, Amarola was frustrated with Bubba that he was flipping him off, and Amarola went to talk to him, and apparently Bubba just started cussing at him. Amarola then gave him a pretty hearty shove before a security guard stepped in and separated the two. Emily, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think anybody's in the right or the wrong? What do you think? I don't even know. What do you think? I don't think it's necessarily a right or wrong issue. Here's my thought. And I said this last night on the YouTube poster show as well, but I don't agree with what Bubba is doing. I don't think you should be just be flipping people off or you know cussing at people. Um, but Eric Almarola is a veteran of this sport. If that gets you so offended, where you're just going to go up to a guy and shove him, 
I mean, yeah. dude. <laughs> it's true. You just, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not that I agree with it. It's just the fact that I think Amarola's skin got really soft there. You you can't get frustrated with that. I mean, Eric Amarola has probably flipped like, like at least two or three drivers off a season, and probably I mean every driver has done it. Every driver curses is. You know, you just, you got to get over it, dude. Move on. It's funny, though. I've seen a lot of people, you know, obviously, you know why, taking Amarola's side in this. And it's kind of like, everybody's saying, like, oh, Amarola kicked his butt. And it's like, yeah, Amarola finished 25th, bud. <laughs> I mean, nothing against Eric Amarola. Um, but he finished 25th last night. Bubba was in the top five. And Amarola also is, like, 27th in points right now while Bubba's in the playoffs. So I don't really see where Amarola's owning Bubba anywhere right now. Again, no disrespect to you, Double A, but a solid driver, but you should have hung it up because, ooh, he is stinking up the show this year. Ty Gibbs, 26th, ran 897 miles yesterday because he ran the Coke 600 and the Xfinity race. Ty Dillon, 27th. Uh, Michael McDowell, 28th. BJ McLeod, 29th. Kyle Larson, 30th. Kind of spun in front of the field. He was uh, your pick to win and my pick to win as well, Emily, and he just didn't materialize for him. Austin Cindric, 31st. Eric Jones, 32nd. Legacy Motor Club continues to just suck this year. I don't know what it is, but they just want to be friends with Toyota next year and move on. Todd Gilland uh, was uh, forced to the Rick Ware car with Zane Smith and his ride, and he finished 33rd. Chase Elliott, 34th. Denny, 35th. And it gets even worse for Legacy Motor Club. Both Eric Jones and Noah Gregson hit the same piece of debris. And each had radiate, uh, radiator issues. Uh, Gregson, 36th. And then Jimmy Johnson, part owner of that team, ends up 37th after he spun a couple of times. Legacy Motor Club right now is in shambles. Jimmy Johnson is in shambles. I mean, he he hasn't completed a race this year without damage. I mean, Coda wrecks on lap one, wrecked early yesterday. Uh, Daytona wrecked out late. It's just... it's. It's terrible. It's not beast or famine for Jimmy this year. It's famine or worse famine um, for the uh, not the forty eight, the eighty four. I'm used to saying Jimmy in the forty eight, even though it's been like six years at this point. Um, moving over to the point standings, Ross Chastain. Oh, by the way, Justin Haley. I said Ty Gibbs ran eight hundred ninety seven miles. Justin Haley ran eight hundred ninety eight. Or wait, no, eight hundred ninety eight and a half yesterday. 600 in the Coke 600, and then he finished one lap down in the Xfinity Series race. But two top 15s, pretty solid for him. Points-wise, Blaney is the 10th driver to win this year. He joins William Byron, Martin Truex, Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Ricky Senhouse, and Joey Logano as the drivers to win. Ross Chastain only has a one-point lead for the regular season on Blaney. He's up 4 on Byron, 8 on Harvick, 13 on Truex, and 17 on Bell. So the top 6 in the regular season separated by less than 3 points on average and 17 points on total. Chastain, first man in on points, plus 154. You have Harvick, plus 146. Kozlowski, plus 102. Busher, plus 76. Bubba, plus 35. Bowman, plus 4. Last man in. Briscoe, minus 4. First man out. Suarez, minus 15. LaJoy, minus... Oh, wait, no, sorry. Gibbs, minus 15. Suarez, minus 20. LaJoy, minus 38. Sindrick, minus 42. McDowell, minus 46. Haley, minus 49. Todd Gillen, minus 52. Almondinger, minus 59. Almirola, minus 63 and 26. Eric Jones, minus 70. Ryan Priest, minus 71. Elliott, minus 81. And he's just going to lose more at Gateway. 
Harrison Burton minus 102. Gregson and Ty Dillon rounded out. Not even going to read their point totals. They're just, they're, they're far from, they're too far to be saved. Uh, Emily, what are your thoughts on the point standings, uh, I guess, with the regular season and the playoffs? And are you surprised or disappointed in anything? Um, no, I'm not really surprised. I mean, I'm disappointed in, in Denny. I know he's locked in, but I want more. You want to win another race? He does only have five top tens yeah. this year. That That is, uh... I feel like he's been, like, mediocre this season. Yeah, you're right. Five top tens, that's it's not, not great. Uh, glad to have both my guys in. Bubba and Bowman currently holding down the fort with the last two spots right now. But if Bubba could get in, I'd be really happy. I'm not too worried about Bowman. Uh, but it'd be great if Bubba could get in. Um, and with that, I believe we have covered all we need to cover tonight. Uh, check out the YouTube channel, The Spotter Stand. That's The Spotter Apostrophe S Stand. The Potre Show is up for there. Uh, we'll have more coverage for Portland and Gateway all week long. Um, and then the next podcast will be Thursday. It'll be our combo show, recapping Charlotte, previewing Gateway, talking about all the news in the NASCAR Cup Series Garage Friday, the preview show for Gateway. And then next Monday will be our post-race show for Gateway. So thank you for coming on, Emily. Again, head over to the Spotter Stand YouTube channel for all uh, content on NASCAR's Top 3 Series. If you want to listen to this podcast, you're already doing pretty good because you are. Uh, but go to the YouTube channel, the Spotter Stand. That's one place you can hear it. You can also hear it on Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and anywhere that you get your podcasts. You can also email us, below the Podcast at gmail.com. I think I hit on all the notes, Emily. Make sure to rate, follow, like, subscribe, hit all the buttons, as you like to say. Any last thoughts on anything we talked about today? Nope. Just excited to see more racing. Me too. Going to be a really fun weekend out there in St. Louis. We will see you here Thursday to recap it all, or to pre-recap and preview it all and talk about it. We're, we're just going to talk a lot on Thursday. See you later, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>